in today's episode of innovation for the rest of us our attention is on business models especially for the nigerian and african environment and i'm thrilled that i'm not doing it alone we have um i talked to someone who has hands-on experience running um, a startup in this ecosystem so we have on board mr bola lawal he's a co-founder and ceo of scholar which is um, a social impact edtech startup and you can find them at scholarx.co Thank you very much. It's, it's always good to come on the platform to share one's experience. Um, share the experience uh, helps people that may be looking to do the same thing that they're doing or do something else, uh, get a perspective. Um, so share the experience leads to perspective for people and it's very important. So innovation for the rest of us is a good initiative, it's a good program to help people and I'm happy and glad I was invited to come share my thoughts. So in recent years across Africa and Nigeria, we're seeing more and more um, interest in startup. We see more young people interested in entrepreneurship and building startups. And we're also incre- seeing increasing um, venture capitalist interest in Africa. All right, so I am interested in, you know, in terms of we're seeing this ecosystem growing, right? And um, so what is at the root? What, what is really driving um, this movement? Why are we having more young people coming in and you know, building startups instead of following the traditional career path? You can look at this from a lot of different angles. You can look at it from a needs perspective. You can look at it from a, you know, say when you push someone to the wall, when they get to the wall, there's nowhere else to go. So you begin to push back. And from my perspective, when you start to see a lot of solutions out there, a lot of it has come primarily because of necessity and the quest of more young people willing to and looking to solve problems. But also they've seen that uh, to be able to participate in the discourse or the economic development of a place like Nigeria, they need to have something. They need to create value. Um, it's a value creation thing. It's 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 one of those things where um, people are crowdsourcing solutions for Nigeria. And when I say crowdsourcing, meaning that different pockets of people, which has merit and the merits, because I personally believe that instead of people walking in silos in in different bits bits pieces. We need to come together more and from larger pieces so we can have a bigger voice and we can challenge the status quo. So if you look at this from that perspective and you see a lot of startups springing up, it's because like 10 years ago or 15 years ago, you can't say or ignore a bunch of 20-something-year-olds that maybe on paper, let's even just use on paper, are worth millions of dollars. Uh, these days when you have the advent of successful sort of so to speak at, at least to our level sort of like space like further away you have um um helium health raising big funds you have 54 gene oh well 54 gene's founder is oh he's <laughs> my friend but he's over 20, 20 something years old okay. my point is see young people that are coming up with corporations that if they continue some already have valued 100 million dollars and some eventually will be billion dollar companies 
right? And we're looking at young people. This was, this was reserved for older folks before. I remember when we first launched Scholarx and there was a conference uh, in Lagos, big conference tech, I can't remember the name of the conference. And we went and we on our booth and someone came and said, um, who is our backer? Like, literally almost like who sent us a message to come out <laughs> talk, talk, talk about it at the okay. Because there's some must be some somebody behind us, like they're just looking at us. Now that was about four years ago. I'm pretty sure that kind of question doesn't really exist anymore because now there are a lot more startups. To your point, uh, there are startups then, but there are a lot more now. We launched a few weeks, uh, a few months, I think after Flut- after Facebook, for example. Okay. Now Facebook, Flutter, they're not up to the level of InterSwitch, but they've gotten into Swiss uh, attention, right? And these are companies uh, started or now run or whatever you may say by young people. So young people are getting involved, part of it, the advent of technology and innovation. It's easier, you know, the, the people don't understand what cloud has done. It's easier to set up and get a company done and servers, space, storage, because all that stuff is not an issue. We don't have to have physical servers to get a domain. If you start a business today, the ease at which people can start is, is, is has been magnified with innovation and technology. So that's there. And then, and then young people are probably the, the most consumers of technology, and they've seen that. So when you now take that, and then you take it parallel with people seeing other startups that have been fairly successful, and then you look at the country, government is not working for most things. Uh, look at the NDC discourse that's going on right now and how um, these guys are blaming each other, who ate the money and who stole the money. Yeah. Young folks are sad, so it's like, it's not me to sit down there and just be looking and not to uh, contribute anything meaningful. Why don't I talk about it? But the point is, they're not showing sure of ideas, they're not showing sure of problems to solve. For example, who's working on water? We have a huge water problem in Nigeria. Water from the last the new uh, um, um, reports released by MBS Consumer Activity Report. Okay. Uh, if you don't take, if you don't, if you don't have a chance to look at the issue, uh, about forty percent of Nigerians in um, working age demographic, forty mm-hmm. percent of them work in some sort of water water collection. Okay. Like their job involves collecting water. Forty percent. Wow. If that's the largest employer, I don't know what is. Right? What are the solutions that are helping with water quality, water tra- water distribution? I know a lot of it has to do with government, but there are some, uh, especially the distribution channel of water. Right? People don't necessarily. If you have good funds, if you are all right, you don't have access to water problem. It's the mode in which the water comes to you that may be problematic. And then, then if you now parlay to rural, the rural areas and everything, they have a big access to water problem. But who is working on water? So I've seen this um, discussion on Twitter a couple of times. People agreeing the fact that there seems to be too much um, activity in the fintech um, space when compared to other areas. That we're having too many fintech apps, right? And uh, when we look at the statistics. According to Forbes article, um, January 2020, it said uh, African startups generally raised about 1.3 billion in 2019. 
in venture fund right and 678 of that went to fintech alone right that's half you know that's about half of all of that investment going into fintech alone so when we look at fintech as a space i'm i'm um, kind of thinking or wondering what is it about you know fintech as an industry that is pulling more and more startups in that direction it's simple right. that's part of the thing you know, that's going on like you see a lot of startups going on and i said for whatever remember i said whatever for whatever reason the artists do that and the reason why is that sometimes so the this follow the money factor also matters you look at top 20 uh startups that have raised them largest amount of money i won't be surprised if 15 of those are fintech so when you look at when people are benchmarking and modeling around uh uh what they can possibly do mm-hmm. right uh they look at some of them foolishly or selfishly uh, and then some of them are just it is what it is smart capitalism they look at what can get them access to capital fast get okay. them access to the market get them access to, to you know different things however they see in their own eyes and that's what they go after so some people don't just some people are, are conscious about doing a startup some oh this problem exists i want to try to solve it and then they try to solve for that problem using a startup Oh my or more did you hear how much these guys raised 10 10 million more we can do something like that or maybe let's kind of look for an idea that needs solution so so some so when you hear stuff about people create solutions and they start looking for problems to solve that's where a lot of those come from too is and and the motivation for that is never the problem it's typically the money they can get access to which is quite sad in, in some respects uh, because that leaves a lot of sectors like water, education, which I'm very passionate and I work in, uh, healthcare as well. Uh, those fields get neglected because, it, and if you look at it from another way, why? Why does this happen? Yeah. Uh, the kind of fintech because those fintechs have potential to exit quickly, meaning someone can acquire them or they can go public because they have large numbers, they're showing traction fast and they get revenue. Whereas you look at something like education, uh, healthcare, to that extent, it takes a little longer. So they need patient capital, and patient capital is a, a lot harder to access. So in fact, investors, grant funding, grant funding is a lot, lot, lot harder to win. Um, currently working on one right now, and if I can tell you all the things, the requirements just to submit and hopefully get a yes. Uh, it's incredible. So when someone looks at fintech and ah, just raise money real fast, uh, so you tend to see a lot more people gravitate towards that. And because of that gravitation, it's a, it's, a, it's an industry of its own. So it's an ecosystem that's a lot more developed. So if you look at if you if you if you take the entire ecosystem in Nigeria and then you pull out fintech and put it at its own ecosystem, mm-hmm. you will see that. Fintech on its own uh, is, is can stand in its own leg, right? So, so unfortunately, unfortunately, the, you know, you get that, and a lot of the ideas are, are targeted towards fintech. Um, and, and, and number one reason is not because of the problem they want to solve, which is unfortunate. So, so as we are getting more and more um, foreign venture capitalists' interest in 
African startups, right? So one thing that I usually come to my mind or I, I think of whenever I hear of funding rounds is should we fund African um, startups the way Silicon Valley companies are funded, right? And um, given that the American companies are playing a more mature um, economy and the possibilities of big exits are, you know, are better than, you know, let's say, in a place like Africa. So, I'm kind of interested in when we bring in those um, that model here, how possible is it that they work in the long run? And then, are there alternative models for investing in, for African startups to um, raise funds to do what they need to do? So, so, so you have to think about it from this standpoint. Nigeria altogether is, is 60 years old. You know, we're talking about a, a, a country that's over 400 years old, an established economy, reduced um, poverty and all that poverty levels. So, market is a market is what dictates everything from from how people uh, be receptive to your idea, how fast can this scale, what's the purchasing power. Parity. How much can one person afford? Uh, in, in the U.S., for example, an average person can afford to spend hundred dollars on phone, um, like a, a phone services phone bill a month, which for right now is about forty something thousand. That's almost salary a month in Nigeria. So when you see telcos scrambling, scrambling, and trying to introduce all sort of value-added services, it's because if you look at and which is quite sad because the cost to run a telco in Nigeria is maybe even more expensive or comparable to the cost to run that in, um, say, in the U.S. The only big difference is probably cost of talent. But when you think about the equipment, you think about all what is needed, mm-hmm. it's almost the same thing. While an average person may be able to afford 5 or $10 a month on phone services, and then conversely, in the U.S., someone can easily afford $100 a month. You start to see the difference. Uh, we're a poor country. Don't let anybody deceive you. We have a lot of poor people. We have a lot more poor people than rich folks, right? So you have to look at it from the standpoint of what does the market look like? The players in the market, including customers, what does that look like, right? So when we're looking at those models, Obviously, it can't work the same way. Obviously, uh, an investor is never going to give someone $300,000 pre-seed based off a deck. In Africa, they want a lot more evidence. Unfortunately, uh, obviously, um, most companies in Africa won't be able to deliver 10x in five years like the investors in Silicon Valley likes most of them will evolve and evolve and then some of them too are working in 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 um some of them too are working to solve wicked problems problems that even when you solve it you've not really solved it problems that even governments with billion dollar budgets are still trying to solve mm-hmm. we have infrastructure deficits we have high illiteracy levels um all, we, I mean, we have all sorts of problems, right? So, when you are going to look at investment in startups or how startups receive funding, it's different. That's why you have grants. That's why there are a lot of grants specifically for African mm-hmm. innovators. The reason why is because there are so many things that is outside the control of the business that you are running that they kind of help you get a grant so you can help plug some of those holes. 
right? If I launch something in the US, I don't even need to do too much on ground work. People will discover it online. I need to go into villages, rural villages, and to do giveaway. I need to host workshops. And so many things I have to do to even scratch the, the surface in, 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 in a place like Nigeria. So, so the investment models and the outlook needs to, needs to change because traditionally, we're not gonna be able to meet up with all the requirements um, and investors are wary of that. And we have a trust issue, we have cyber security, we have so many problems, so it's not the same. So when you look at folks like Kola, you know, uh, folks like Microtraction and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all those guys, their role is very, very vital and important because they're coming from a position of understanding the terrain and they might even have solved for some of the loopholes in, in the models and in investment models. So those are that. Now, when it comes to startups, startups just need to also look at it from that standpoint that there are a lot of factors that will be going against them, government, uh, business, business environment, uh, physical products. Uh, you have to think about intellectual property issues, theft, intellectual theft. There's a lot of things to think about, right? And so first, you have to be careful where you go get money from. Don't sign a deal with the devil. Don't sign your life away. Mm. Uh, it's going to be worthless at the end of the day. Uh, look at how you tend to make money. What are your barriers? Get government on your side early, very, very early on. Don't wait. Uh, even if it's not an official uh, engagement, at least try to get one or two people that can cover you. Um, so, 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 so those are some of the things. Uh, it's not the same. Get into an accelerator as quick as you can. Get, you know, sad as this may be, but get foreign backers in terms of people that see what you're doing. They don't necessarily have to be investors. People that with foreign exposure, and they don't have to be foreigners either. They could be Nigerians in the diaspora. They could be folks that have moved back to Nigeria. Like all those guys in, get them on your, on your side as well. That helps your credibility. Unfortunately, I have to say that, but that's just the game is the game. You have situations where some folks will specifically look for an Oyinbo founder just to make things look more attractive to pers- pers- prospective investors. Uh, your business model needs to be reflective of what people can afford and pay for, and you need to optimize for that. You don't go and just copy and paste something on Silicon Valley and then you wonder why it's not, it, it doesn't blow. I see so many learning, situ- learning solutions now, $10 a month, $50 a month, $20 a month. Who told you these people can afford that? <laughs> like, who told you? Like, you're going to be creating the same thing for the same set of people and you wonder why it's not scaling. One of the things that we're working on right now um, my, 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 my partners might fight me for saying this, but just give an example. One of the things we're working on right now, we're doing a dollar certificate. You get learn a model, is one dollar. Okay. <laughs> um, can they afford that? Maybe. And just one dollar. So then if you're not talking about people should afford $10 a month on, on learning something, that's whatever sure it's going to lead directly to a job. Okay. You know, so you have to look at your market. You have to look at the people you are dealing with. Participant priority is very low. Um, I, I, but as, as you, and that's why I'm so particular and passionate about solutions that help uh, get people out of poverty. Because, because see, if I see so all these fintech guys, okay. either need to invest, 
education or or it is investing in education or support people that are working in education because say e-commerce the more educated people the more people that earn a good salary the more people can order stuff online it's that straightforward and simple education and healthcare two single most important things that need to be invested in with talent with with you know with time you know as an entrepreneur putting your time to build stuff with money because that's the engine the engine room of the economy a functioning market the more people you have with good jobs the more services they they need so the more they want to buy stuff on e-commerce platform the more they will have to use they'll have a bank account the more they'll have to use their card to swipe and and purchase something so when you look at people uh here well and they, they see that they're not really growing anymore part of it's because we just have too little a population uh that that educated and have tangible uh, um um jobs so when, when i say educated, i'm not talking about formal education i'm talking about educated in a skill they have a skill they can they can probably to use to get a good job and earn an income there's an average uh, average uh, average family size in nigeria is five and look at the income levels minimum wage is thirty thousand naira more and some people are even finding it hard to implement that if, you, if you're a man and you're earning ten thousand dollars ten thousand naira a month okay. with a family of, of five including yourself where's that money going to come from after feeding after feeding why are you going to pay for school fees okay. how are you going to pay for every other thing so those are things to consider okay so um, talking about you know raising the bottom line right increasing people's um, spending power i'm looking at it from this angle in terms of um, as startups are getting more and more um, attention right um, it seems we are forgetting the importance of smes the role that smes have to play in in, in terms of you know raising people's standard of living right um it, it just seems that more and more attention as more and more attention is being paid to startups there are fewer will i say fewer um opportunities or encouragement for you know people to still run smes because at the end of the day a good number of people you know are making their living through smes and you know creating jobs right so um what role do smes have to play in terms of raising this bottom line that will enable startups to succeed and the economy as a whole and you know what what is being done on you know a bigger i'm not saying on the same scale as you know funding startups but on a large enough scale to be able to empower smes to actually survive in this economy good good question so one of the things that that really surprised you this this industry this segment consists of 11 percent of the smes in nigeria get to guess what i'm talking about okay low-income private school are 11 percent of, of smes in nigeria wow yes that, that's a lot, a lot of, so education is a business um a lot of smes are out there um you know but but they fall, fall into despair a lot of them actually rely on the government for funding so when you see government has different um um smes that's where the comes but some of them are not big enough or don't have enough credit history or profile to get traditional loans from banks and also those loans may be too for an SME. 
So a lot of them will, will rely on on initiatives or government programs to access funds. I wish there's I wish there's some sort of um, uh, private equity for SMEs, for example, where people just go individually and, and loan or give credit uh, to, to to SMEs. Banks to have those programs too. Uh, which people can they have SME programs, SM SM programs that banks run, but to what expect that's that's effective is still out there to be questioned. Um, so it, the good thing about SMEs is that you can quickly show profitability or at least income coming in. And so there are opportunities out there to to get funds from, from banks who are lending to SMEs, government initiatives. Or, and then maybe that's even a, a startup opportunity for uh, someone to work on. But those are the kind of models out there for, for SMEs. A traditional startup was not good for an SME because of the scope and the scale of that SME may not be big enough. And also um, the exit time and all that stuff doesn't just work for an SME. People, people are looking at things that, that they feel like can blow, quote unquote blow. Okay. Uh, things that 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 can get them to line like they've, seen, they've been influenced by the, what's going out there. Um, but but I mean it's probably something we can explore more at another time. But um, when, when you just look at success story and things that are out there, I mean you are not you are not going to be interested in uh, in doing that. You primarily probably be interested in doing an internet and it's just not in, in Nigeria alone I mean it's out there it's 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 uh, global people want to build stuff that everybody else across the globe can 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 use and it's a success story uh, you know we, we are using one startup zoom's product uh and you get off you get on Facebook you get on Twitter a lot of these things influence why uh, it trend influences the trend and what people are interested in building because it's part of their daily lives. Okay. Oh, you hear, oh, Snapchat guy, you know, made this amount of money. Oh, Uber is all over X, Y, Z billion. So as we're rounding up, I would like to, um, for us to throw a little light on, you know, this aspect because all throughout we've kind of like established the fact that African companies you know have peculiar challenges to go through there is you know problem of um high literacy level there's problem of infrastructure right and we can't just copy and paste silicon valley models here and expect them to work right so now that brings to limelight the the role that you know social impact investing and you know startup model have to play um, in this ecosystem right and when we think about you know social impact um, driven startup a good example that usually comes to mind is Andela right and um, looking at what has happened in, in recent years which has generated a lot of conversation online you know people arguing and you know bringing up different points of view one thing I've noticed by following the story is that uh, I think a good number of people kind of well I say misinterpret social impact driven startups as NGOs right so um, given that Bola is somebody who, who is working in this um, field to his tech startup is a social impact um, startup I, I think you'll be in a better position to maybe throw a little light on that as we round up all right um, so first of all I promise 
people around me that I'm not going to talk about and they're like again. So I'm, <laughs> and I, I, so I'm not. But here's what I'll do. Social impact of business, first of all, is not NGO work. Okay. When you say you're mission-driven, it's not NGO work. What you're really trying to say is you are for profit. So you're really trying to say you have a double-sided balance sheet. Okay. You don't want to talk about balance sheets, assets, and liabilities, right? You are a double-sided balance sheet. On one end, you are dealing in 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 making money, making profit. All right. On the other end, you are dealing in making an impact, in making improving things and making things better than how you met it, and and doing it exponentially and and scaling it. That. Does not it's not an NGO, it's not me you're charitable, just mean that you're mission driven and you also have obligations to investors and you have uh, obligations to build a, a, a billion dollar company, for example. Right. So um so that's there, right? And I, I don't want anybody to mix it up. So when you say I'm a social business, I'm 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 a, I'm a, as long as you don't say you're an NGO not for for profit, to me, you're not for profit. And to me, you're a real business, right? Your business, you, you just have a double-sided balance sheet. I mean, you need to make an impact, you need to make money. And one is not greater than the other when you look at it from an impact standpoint. Okay. Uh, especially when you get grants, I mean, you raise money from impact investors. That's one thing people need to look at is, I personally believe that 90% of startups in Nigeria need to be social impact because okay. of the markets in which they are operating in. It's a, it's a market with, where a lot of people can't even access what you're building. So, you know, uh, if you listen to my podcast last week uh, with Ephesus Ajama from Harvard, uh, when it's about market creating innovation, you are going to have to make impact to do that because you don't have customers and you have to create your own market, create the need, create the customers. We didn't have a market for cell phones before. Now we do. Micro insurance, we didn't. Now we do a lot of things, but but there has to be a strong impact impact component. We have a big market for uh, remote workers, work, uh, digital workers, and coding in Nigeria. Now we do, yeah, right. And you, but you can't stop there. Uh, I'm not talking about Andela. I don't have any conversation or any, any uh, comment on Andela. Okay. But anybody wants to get into anything, just just know that you're just giving yourself two two different tasks. One is to make money, the other is to make an impact. You're not an NGO, you're a business that 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 that's centered around impact. Okay. And that's what people need to think about. So you need to think about your success factors, you need to think about your theory of change. Uh, so anyone's listening to this and wants to get involved in social impact, go online and Google theory of change. Meaning, what are the activities? What are the inputs and outputs, and expected outcomes from your intervention or whatever you're working on? Mm-hmm. So, theory of change, or some people call it a logic model. It's kind of what you want to look at. That's where you start from. You think about, okay, I want to make this impact. Okay, this mm-hmm. world, I need, I need this partnership. Okay, these are my outputs and these are my outcomes. So, it's very important to also distinguish between output and outcomes i'm going to do an app that people will use outcome uh, outputs but that app they leave the jobs 
uh, they improve people's lives outcomes, right? So, so those are just a few nuggets um, as we're rounding up. Those are a few things that I wanted to add. And um, I mean, I really appreciate you for, for bringing me on here. And uh, I can ask us, answer other questions uh, as need be as we move on later on. So this is how we round up on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And I, um, I hope to broaden this conversation because it's something big. It's not something we can finish in a day, right? So um, we're expecting your feedback on Twitter. My handle is OK. US or that is OK underscore I-W-E-Z-O-R and you can find this podcast on anchor.fm slash innova4d there you can give voice feedback you can also see it anywhere you get your podcast Apple Podcast Google Podcast and Spotify and any other place you find your podcast so thank you for listening I'll see you in the next episode Thank you